This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. Yeah, we sure did. It was uh, part of our matchup, uh, the teams being the admin menace uh, of which I am a part of, and the, uh, I don't know, fourth trooper, sixth trooper, something like that on the other side. I can never get that name right. Well, uh, if you could just tell us, what exactly are you an admin of? Uh, that was... <laughs> Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornboss, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. My name is David, and I'm here with Mike, and we have a special guest today, uh, Eric Riha, also known as R1H4. Say hello, Eric. Oh, so happy to be he- here. It's good times. Love it. Here we go. And of course, uh, we got Jay uh, with us as well. Um, we're going to talk about a few things today. We're going to talk about uh, some housekeeping stuff. We're going to talk about the Yavin based team league, which is now up and running. Hell yeah. And we're going to talk about uh, some sportsmanship things that have arisen lately and some, uh, some circumstances regarding tournaments and things like that, but just some general um, uh, tips for being a good sport when you're out there on the tables. Oh, so, well, yeah. Uh, Jay, yeah, so Jay, let's, um, let's do this. Let's do this thing with, with the Patreon. Yeah. So I'm sure some of you know already, if you've been listening, we decided to start our Patreon. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash love fifth trooper. So what we're going to do is not only will you at certain levels receive stuff in the mail, you know, for supporting us on a quarterly and yearly basis, but also we're going to be providing content uh, that, you know, we would normally put on our website or on the blog or even audio content and video content in the future. And you guys are going to get kind of a first look at it as a, as a Patreon member, uh, usually about a week I think we're shooting for like a week to two weeks before anybody else will see it. So for instance, right now we have some of Kyle's data analysis on uh, the the new Clone Wars units that's up on the Patreon. And for right now, for the next week, that's the only, you know, that's the only place you'll be able to get it. And so that's just one of the many benefits that you're going to get for being a member of our Patreon and supporting us is that you'll get early access to all the great content that David and Kyle and Mike and myself put out. So go sign up. It'll be good. I promise. Of course, if you do choose to sign up, we, we massively appreciate it. And um, yeah. How's it going, Mike and Eric? How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. I, uh, like just spent the last two hours painting my Vader that has been sitting unpainted for the last year, so I'm I'm feeling great. I mean, is there a particular reason why you've decided to paint Vader now? Of all times, I'm just I'm just curious. <laughs> Possibly. Are you, what, okay. what are you implying? Answer maybe. Maybe. I, mean, maybe. I, I mean, I'm just I'm just asking. Like, I mean, I painted a Vader uh, like a year ago, and maybe he's not seen the table since the time I painted him. I there's don't know. Tur- for- there's a big tournament next weekend. I don't know. Ah, yeah. okay, maybe, okay, maybe, okay. Maybe there's a thing that I'm gonna do. Oh. Oh. I'm, I'm always excited about things. Maybe and he Vader. saw how poorly mm-hmm. I did last night with Vader and wanted to 
<laughs> I so what I what I really feel like there is I just I have to earn Vader's respect back a little bit after that show. Uh, that's fair. Wow. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I do believe the 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 Dark Lord of the Sith was a bit displeased uh, <laughs> last night. Well, I had no idea the condemnation ran so deep. Well, but uh, let's uh, let's give us some context to these comments here. Uh, Jay and, and Eric, you guys played a game last night as part of the yep. team league. What's going on right now? Yeah, we sure did. It was uh, part of our matchup, uh, the teams being the admin menace uh, of which I am a part of. And the, uh, I don't know, fourth trooper, sixth trooper, something like that on the other side. I can never get that name right. Well, uh, if you could just tell us, what exactly are you an admin of? Uh, that w- <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, Christopher Walken and General Tomfoolery. But yes, of course, <laughs> the Legion Discord that we're all a part of there. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, which, and which trooper are you in that? Uh, the only one that matters. Oh, snap. <laughs> snap. Oh. But yeah, so we played our game last night. And if you wanted to watch it back, it's on our uh, the Fifth Trooper YouTube channel. And man, that was a rough game <laughs> right from the beginning. Uh, so Eric and I were both playing, I, I guess we could call them jank skew lists a yeah. little bit. Um so tell them what what was your list? What were you running there? So I was running a pile of garbage, otherwise known as a Krennic, uh, five uh, stormtroopers with DLTs, uh, two medical droids, one astromech droid. Of course, all of those core units and Krennic to support four main things, a tank with the aim pilot only. And then uh, three Imperial saboteurs with emergency stims. Yeah, those were awful. Yeah, yeah, they were. This is the first time I had run that particular list. And actually, the first time I'd run uh, saboteurs, especially, uh, I mean, I was I was learning from uh, the best, uh, Mr. Lupo at, uh, at Worlds uh, just a few uh, short weeks ago. And uh, really wanted to try them out myself. And, uh, oh, surprise, surprise, they're actually pretty good. Yeah, and so I was running Vader with Anger, Saber Throw, Force Push, two Snows with Flame, Impact, and Recon, uh, three Stormtroopers, one with a Medbot, uh, two Snipers, and two E-Webs. And, um, you know, it was interesting when we, we both had the same amount of points. I think it was 796. So we had to do a roll off. Uh, R1 got blue. And, I mean, I, I, I don't know that either side of the board would have been as favorable. But I, I think you probably probably got the side of the board I would have wanted, maybe, uh, if I, you know, if we had seen it uh, the way it, the way the objectives and battlefield and everything played out. Um, it was really interesting. We had minefields, breakthrough, and, uh, and major, major offensive. Yes, and major offensive as our deployment. That is correct. And yeah, it was a little, uh, you know, I don't know if either side of the board necessarily had a an advantage. We were playing on Corellia yeah. um, uh, out of the Yavin-based Team League maps. And um, 
yeah, just a lot of sort of very vertical blocking terrain, right? It's Corelli, it's a sort of a city streets map in general with a few pieces of sort of, uh, um, what do they want to call it? Um, uh, just minor crater, there we go, crater style area terrain. And um, yeah, my saboteurs were able to kind of just run up and just like dunk mine yeah. charge after mine charge after mine charge on uh, like four to five units every turn. Well, and it, it, you know, for those of you listening and going, oh, Jay, you idiot, I shot them a lot. <laughs> like, I mean, what was that first, that first opening thing I had? I had my sniper. I think it was a hit crit, right on the uh, on the on your first sab. Yeah, and, and so uh, I definitely got one. <laughs> like, definitely I got, got one. one, right? And, yeah. and of course, you know, with the two man team, I'm able to hide them pretty well. Leave one yeah. around the corner of a building, et cetera, et cetera. You know, uh, some of the same you know tactics you can use just with snipers and strike teams at large. Um, but, you know, okay, I'm going to, you know, you're only going to be able to kill one guy and then you shoot him again. Okay, great. I'll take two wounds on the stims. And then he's in heavy cover because he's got suppression and you shoot at some more and he's hard to get through the heavy cover and all these other types yeah. of things that just kind of snowballed into this scenario where every turn I was able to run up and yeah, just another dunk, another dunk. And, yeah, well, yeah. from my perspective, like I was trying to funnel through that top of that map because you had the tank and he only really had one pass, mm -hmm. which was to come down along the bottom and come around all those buildings to try to get me. And so I was like, OK, you know, the plan was I'm going to basically ignore the tank. And what I'm going to do is try to funnel up to the top and left to get over to your your battle line uh -huh. and it was working okay but like i figured in my head i haven't played i've only played against sabs once and the person i played was not good with them and so and didn't have east ends or the med bots so i i wasn't fully prepared for just their consistent and their nuisance right like they were just cockroaches i couldn't kill them I couldn't stop them. And then next thing I knew, because I'm trying to funnel up to through the top, I just created a death box uh, with my army there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll be completely honest. I did. I was like, okay, if he's going to come all down South through that little channel, I'll be able to kind of feed like one bomb in around. And I actually had no idea it was going to be as effective as it was. They didn't necessarily kill a ton of guys, but just due to the suppressive nature of each bomb, there was just, okay, there's a round with seven stacks of suppression on a guy, oh, five on this one, four on this one. There was never a turn after round one where your guys had more than one action. It was, it was, it was quite absurd, even from my perspective. Yeah, and I mean, I felt like uh, for a while there, I was doing okay because that first bomb that you had let off, I, I think I rolled mostly blocks. Yeah. I don't, yeah. maybe one wound went through but and then yeah, I healed yeah. it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I got this. And then the second bomb went off. I'm still doing okay. Like, I, I think maybe it was like one or two wounds. Like, it wasn't bad. And I'm like, all right, we're okay. And then next thing I know, it's, I'm just, I, I was stacking uh, suppression, like you said, and it was just like, I can't get this suppression off. But I'm like, it's okay. I have Vader. They don't, they're just going to get one action and we're going to deal with this. But then, and I was doing okay. And I started uh, hitting into your stormtrooper units, but 
the, but by suppressing me and leaving me to one action, I kind of ended up just stalling mm -hmm. just long enough for your tank to then roll up from behind them. And then that's when it just went all, all yeah. bad. So yeah, major, no, I would agree. major takeaways from this game. Um, try your, try your best never to do breakthrough against saboteurs is blue. I think that's probably a good lesson. And also breakthrough with a tank is also really tough for the defender as well. But I think uh, you were blue, though, right, R1? I think you won the you won the initiative. And I did win the initiative. I think Breakthrough was actually in the first slot. It was Breakthrough, Key Positions, and Intercept. So all of them were actually not too bad for the tank. Um, we did end up with some, um, some, some interesting deployments and some uh, conditions as well that were not, were not very optimal, I guess, for a Vader list, right? We did have a hostile environment in there, which is a little bit better for Krennic. I didn't have the Inspire, but I certainly do have Compel. And that I used to pretty good effect, even for that opening round, uh, 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 Looming Annihilation. Yep. Yeah, and I think I wasn't, it, you know, and it's it was just my rookie mistake against the Sabs. Like, I wasn't 100% prepared for what was about to happen because I figured, you know, I had the two E-webs and I had the two snipers, and I was like, okay, at least I could lay some suppression down on them and, like, get them, you know, uh, maybe stop them from moving or get them one less action. But then, you know, we also had minefields, so I was kind of using the E-webs as uh, kind of like uh, cannon fodder for to get the mines to go off so that I could then move my troops up. But yeah, it just, it did not work out the way I, I thought it would work out. They were a lot harder to kill than I anticipated. Yeah. yeah I mean, so, uh, go for it. Go for it. Uh, so, uh, all right. Well, oh, boy. You go. Well, you <laughs> ah, go. we've done it already. No, um, so, I actually loved what you did with the E-webs. So, I have a question for you guys. How much of this game do you feel like we've talked a little bit before about Sabs and kind of like the shock and awe factor of the first time you play somebody that like knows what they're doing? Um, do you guys feel like this game would have went differently had there not been as much kind of shock and awe in the mixture? Jay, why don't you go on that one? I'm not quite sure. Uh, I, I'd, I'd say I, I don't know. I would say I want to say yes because I feel like I don't know. I guess if he had had snipers, it wouldn't have been as bad. I think I could have made it for further towards his battle line, but he wouldn't have played the same way as he did. So it's really hard to tell. Um, but I did notice, and I don't know, you know, Eric, if you saw this, but like when I first was deploying, maybe my first three deployments, I was deploying as if you had snipers. Yeah, you know, and I think maybe that's just sort of built into it, right? We're all very experienced with snipers yeah. by now. We all know how to best mitigate that when we're fighting against them. Um, and when we're playing against saboteurs, uh, we just don't have that muscle memory uh, installed yeah. quite yet, you know? Uh, I think I would agree with that. I know that it took me a little bit of time to catch up. Uh, when I was playing, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Lupo uh, and his saboteurs the first time around, it's uh, it does require a bit of you know differentiated thinking to solve that problem, right? Because it's 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 just you, you have to you have to work at it differently. I don't think it's quite. Uh, they're not quite as um, plug and play as snipers are. 
but they might be more dangerous against an un, you know an unaware opponent perhaps right because you know a sniper okay great the best i can do in a turn is um is cause two wounds because you you know didn't know how they worked or set up out of cover or in light cover and you thought maybe that would help you or something like that right um the I mean, a saboteur, a single bomb can go off and cause, you know, six, seven, eight hits uh, across a, you know, a clumped up army. And that that really hurts, you know. Uh, so I, I do think the, the, the potential is bigger on the saboteur side. But maybe once you know how to play against it, you can you can mitigate that quite a bit. Yeah. And I'll say uh, for you, I think the big difference I, and and Mike, to answer your question, I don't know that it was saboteurs as much as it was the e-stems and the heel bots that came with them. That was the bigger factor where it was like, I just couldn't, I could not get rid of them. So, so no matter what I did, they were just coming anyways. And, and so that was the real, real kind of screwy part that was kind of messing with my head because during deployment, I'm like, it's just two guys. They roll white dice. We got this. And then all of a sudden it's like, they don't die. They don't die. They're coming. They're coming. Oh my God. <laughs> like, and, you know, and by that time it was too late. Yeah. I was, um, I was having this discussion with someone um, a little while ago that, you know, saboteurs just generally are, well, they're kind of like, um, I mean, what's the phrase uninteractive. Um, they kind of throw, you know, throw the bomb down. You can't disarm it. You can't do anything to it. Like once it's there, you know, it's blowing up. This isn't Call of Duty. Yes, exactly. It's not Call of Duty. (laughs) You can't disarm the bomb. You, you have to, you have to blow it up or it has to, you know, it blows up and you can't do anything about it. Generally speaking, other than, other than anticipate it, right. You're trying to say, okay, well, I know what his threat range is with the SABs. I can move somewhere maybe that he can't really get a number of my guys or has like has to make hard choices throwing his bombs out. But that's not always available to one on boards that are heavily blocked. And, you know, on the flip side, like you said, Jay, defensively, saboteurs have access to all these tools, right? They have access to corner peeking and they have access to medics. They have emergency sims in, in case there's a gap in the medics ability to heal them back. So there's, there's quite a number of, of really good things that saboteurs have going for them, especially, um, and they especially profit from people's disgust with their sniper counterparts, uh, because the more line of sight blocking terrain you get, the easier it is to get to a place where you can chuck that bomb that hits, you know, five units and deals when the case of the Imperial mine, 10 suppression, because it's generating extra suppression for each unit it hits. Yeah, and there's some there's some very good synergy uh, with Krennic in the list as well. Uh, normally, the way you know you can slow a saboteur down is by putting suppression on it, right? So even if they manage to stim the wounds, you put two suppression tokens on it. They've got one action; they can't move up and detonate anymore. Well, that's not the case with Krennic. Uh, because you can compel for that free move and then still get the one action off to detonate. On top of that, uh, cunning, uh, I mean, I don't want to say guarantees it, but uh, if you plan your command cards right, you can, in most cases, get that first act off with one of those saboteurs and have priority so you know that you can get that, all right, great, I'm going to move that saboteur six and I'm going to drop a bomb and I'm going to catch these three units that really wanted to act first, but now also have two additional suppression points on them. Yeah, I'll say the combo of all of that together 
Like it didn't really hit until probably round three or four, you know, where it was like, oh God. Cause at first it was like, okay, all right, we got this. Like, it's okay. Not bad, not bad. But then it just starts to kind of snowball on you, especially, uh, especially with like annihilation looms on a first turn. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and then that suppression just starts snowballing and like you said you have krennic who who can compel and and you you know you were getting a lot of good compel moves out there too um but i i i liked it i thought it was really good um but i think there's maybe the only thing i saw was that there could be a little bit of a double-edged sword there because for instance like one of your stormtroopers i got them to panic off the board right so yeah some of that, that suppression stuff you're doing to yourself as well and so it's a real, it's a weird tightrope. I think you you were walking for a little bit there. Um, no, I, and, I, until the yeah. tank made it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's um, it's it's. I don't think the list I was running was especially optimized. I was honestly going for okay, how can I put a bunch of units with suppressive into my list? Um, I couldn't I couldn't get the tank, death troopers, and three saboteurs. So. I just went with the tank and three saboteurs. In reality, I think if, you know, I took out the tank, maybe even put in a DLT officer in there um, or even just a generic officer, eh, probably not, but even a stormtrooper with an officer in there that would kind of help with those. Oh, Hey, this guy's stacking up on a lot of suppression. Let me run this guy over so I can get a little bit of inspire going there. Is Vader just too dang expensive to run Vader Krennic with Sabs? Because that's the that's the the godlike combo, right? Where you not only are you immune to pan, immune to panic because Vader is next to you, but you're also semi immune to action loss from suppression because Compel is next to you. Yeah, it does. It does seem a little too pricey. Uh, uh, I mean, maybe. Uh, may, I'll put it this way: maybe not in a you know, at 10 activation average meta. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if anything changes that with Tauntauns and, uh, you know, activations with fire support that can, you know, that, that you, you end up with six or something on the table at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, it, it might be a little tough to get Vader and Krennic in there at the same time right now. Just take Death Troopers with Compel. Well, That's there you go. True. That also works. You can take that uh, that upgrade we never see because it's has a choice between that one and the DLT. I think. That one is a good one. Yeah, yeah, that one and the good one. Yep. Yeah, that one is a good. As it is with so many units, sometimes uh, you know that one and the good one. C six. Yeah. DLT. Right. Oh yeah. Total, totally gonna take that uh, uh, snowtrooper ion gun. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. No, it's that one or the oh the good one. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I think that was a pretty comprehensive uh, talk about the game that happened. If you, if any of the audience is interested in watching the game itself, you can of course go to the Fifth Trooper YouTube channel and check it out there as a VOD. And if you're interested in catching any games from the rest of the Team League, there are a ton of streamers who are interested in bringing those games to you live. There are actually three that are being played tonight. Uh, one that's being played tomorrow, and two that are being played Wednesday. And you can find that schedule on uh, yavinbase.blog. Uh, the most recent blog entry there has a schedule of games coming up and where to find those Twitch streams, um, not the least of which, of course, is twitch.tv slash yavinbase, where R1 and I frequently do some commentary. And yeah, we're yeah. going to do some tomorrow night. Um, we're going to have um, 
uh, Decaf, the winner of KublaCon facing uh, Lexical Scope, uh, who also is a Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area local, who um, uh, they face each other, I think, in real life. And so we'll have a rematch online <laughs> of their list. Oh, nice. I'm curious to see what the, what's going to happen. It's rumored that there is going to be a four-character list in one of these games. So we're going to see a... Uh, uh, if, characters. We're gonna see if Hero Legion is a thing. Yeah. Wow. There are four characters. Four, two, how do you even? How two do you commanders even do and two that? operatives. That's how you do it. I mean, it's got to be a oh, rebel, man. List, right? Yeah, it's rebels. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be. I mean, but I, like, it, I mean, I guess it doesn't. It have to like if it was uh, when you say character, are we excluding generic officers? Uh, yes. Okay. So we're, characters is so in like named characters. We're, we're yeah. not including like Pow and Bistan as named characters. Nah, we're we're talking about nah. like you know Leia Organa that level. Not have, the, I mean, you have Luke, Leia, Sabine, and Chewie in a list. That's like half your. That's more than half your list. What do you have? Like three core troopers and call it a day? Probably. Who knows? Man, you'll have to tune in to find out. I guess okay. I will. I think it's going to be a uh, seven o'clock tomorrow. That's when it's going to be. I mean, the nice thing about a list like that is your opponent has no idea what command cards you took. Yeah, holy smokes. I wouldn't even know what command cards to put in that garbage. Make covert. I mean, make covert observation great again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's no again. Covert observation great. Yeah. Covert observation was never great. I mean, just make it mediocre. I mean, anything. Yeah, Yeah, anything at all. Yeah, I think we talked about this (laughs) on an episode long ago. Covert observation is one of those effects where if it was like cheap, it would be ridiculous. So they had to break it in order to make it like, you know, even somewhat balanced. I mean, I, it, I think it's fine. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's fine. fine. It's all fine. We're all fine How are here. You? <laughs> if, if you're running like generic officer and one bounty hunter, I think it's fine. Yeah, it's like, straight, I like that. Like, very close to better than ambush in that. In that, Dude, can I just say the generic officer is now a space that's being explored? That is, generic officer as a commander is getting explored a lot more because of um, because we have characters like Sabine because we have expensive vehicles people are looking for um corners they can cut and i think a lot of folks are finding the generic officer to be one of those corners they can cut which is they don't take leia or veers which you know seems like blasphemy on its face because leia and veers are so incredibly good but you know the neutrals are strong with vehicles and you don't need some of the stuff that those named commanders bring for your vehicles which is ironic right because veers is like the vehicle guy but yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the Imperial one gets a lot better with the, the uh, spoiled electro binoculars. I mean, I think you uh, could say that about every single Imperial commander. I mean, well, at least Krennic would have something to do yeah, other than stand around and look pretty. I, feel the same. I think, I think Beards and, and um, the generic benefit because going to sp- oh, yeah, going to spotter two and then sp- and spotter three, like. A generic officer for like fifty-five points or whatever is like all of a sudden, uh, oh yeah, like, like most of what Veers is giving you. Oh yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you get for what? Uh, uh, I actually don't remember what the spoil costs on electro binoculars. I is. think it's eight. I think eight. All right, so for fifty-eight points, yeah, you get a mini Veers. That's not bad. Yeah, spotter, That's not bad spotter at two, all. Inspire one does all the same things uh, ability-wise, but doesn't have the gun. Or yeah. the saves. Yeah, you lose maximum firepower on the gun and Imperial Discipline if you were taking it. Which like which, which is like which is a thing. I mean I guess. But I mean, 
But I mean, if you, if all you want of yours was for the aim tokens, right? Yeah, then you can take, take that. Point. Yeah, that generic officer and Boba and Bosk and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen some of that yeah. as well. My big issue with generic officer as a commander is it's low health pool. Um, one good sniper hit and a bombard means it means it dies if you misdeploy it. Like we I mean, actually saw that almost happen the other day. You've got to deploy them out, like line of sight blocking. It's the only way. Oh, to yeah. Yeah, I, I mean that could be solved just simply by getting good. So I guess I guess that's <laughs> well, no, but I guess that's a valid. But then point. your courage bubble is anchored to that piece of terrain. If you can't move it safely, you know, that's a problem. I mean, you can just yeah. double move into a new line of sight blocking position. Well, that's the hope that the board lets you do that. Well, that's I, not always possible. This is what I'm going to say. If the board right. is constructed in such a way that you can't double move to hide behind line of sight blocking terrain from another line of sight blocking terrain, the board's probably not very good. Oh snap! Shots yeah. fired. Pew pew. I mean, I don't know. Like that's where we're at. That's where we're at. No, I would agree. I actually kind of agree. You know, yeah. I think I think that's not wrong. I think boards should have at least that much yeah. line of sight blocking terrain. I don't know. You should you should no, not I agree. have more than range two between your terrain pieces anymore. Uh, so hmm. Hmm. we were going to talk about some other stuff today. I think too. We were. We were going to talk about sportsmanship. I mean, this isn't just all about talking about lists and uh, me and Jay's game. Like, like, you guys do more things. (laughs) (laughs) I think Jay would like to talk about anything other than losing at this point. You know what, though? Correct. Since we're talking about sportsmanship, I will say that I it was a very pleasant game to play, even though. Uh, even though I did lose, I felt like, and you guys can hear it on stream, you know, I think there were some things like that I questioned and there were some things that are one question. We were just like, all right, let's just, this is how we're going to play it. And then we just moved on with the game. And I think that falls in the sportsmanship conversation, right? Where it's like, Hey, if, if you and your opponent can talk it out and just decide on something, you can just move forward with the game. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah. We had a couple of situations where it was just easier to rather than spend 30 minutes to hash it out or call a judge over the table, et cetera, just work it out amongst your mates or even roll a die and okay, 50, 50, you got it. 50, 50, you don't and move on. Yeah. So Eric, uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit here. Yeah. Okay. I would like some insight into what the, atmosphere was like at worlds in regards to sportsmanship because i think when we get into the sportsmanship conversation a lot of the time you know we're talking about players that are attempting to compete at high levels of play and are really feel serious about what they're doing and they want to make sure that they're playing by the rules and and stuff like that and i think that if we kind of like take a snapshot of what it was like to kind of play at worlds um i think that that's like a good place to start this conversation yeah you know i I think maybe even if we want to say the goal there is to kind of set the standard you know for tournament play uh i I think that's a valid conversation to have um I, i do think it is a bit different just due to some of the 
you know, external factors uh, that happen at Worlds, right? It's uh, it's it's a you know, it's a it's a pool of only eight players, and a pool of eight players that essentially had all met each other before, had all played in some of the same events before, and uh, were kind of given a relatively uh, I guess you could say an, an easy setup for the event, right? So in, in going to Worlds, you know, FFG picked up essentially the tab for travel and lodging. So we all kind of already won just by being there. So a lot of the pressure for that event was already off. Um, so I think I think that helps and maybe even makes it a little bit different than, you know, just your general uh, RPQ or, or Grand Championship level event. That being said, um you know, we did have some excellent camaraderie. Um, we had, you know, every single player that was there spent the evening after our first uh, sets of rounds playing out a rim together. Like, that's not something you can say at, you know, another event. Um, but in terms of tabletop play, yeah, you know what? We didn't, um, let me put it this way. Uh, we reminded each other of different abilities. Uh, mandatory stuff, of course, is mandatory. Um, there's, you know, there's a specific entry in there for about missed opportunities and how players are both responsible for the game state. Um, but, you know, if, uh, like, you know, I am, uh, you know, apt to do, if you forget about that back objective, mm, nobody's going to remind you of it. Uh, likewise, in uh, my game against Luke Cook, uh, I moved my IRG on a pull the strings move straight into a mine. He was certainly not going to remind. He saw it the whole time and was gleefully able to point it out as soon as I triggered it. But, you know, it's not his responsibility to remind me of those kinds of things. Um, so it's an interesting set. We played, we played good. We played accurately. And I think that was really what we all were trying to aim for was that we played a good game as accurately as possible. And, you know, the dice landed as they did. Sure. Sweet. Um, so I think uh, just to kind of like piggyback on what you're talking about there, I think the missed opportunities uh, part of it is kind of a good way to segue into the rest of this in that when two players get together to play a game of Legion, we need to make sure that the game state is as accurate as possible. And that, and the biggest thing there is the whole "I gotcha" part of like the game that can sometimes happen in competitive level events um, is just not what we should be shooting for at all. Yeah, I, I, it's it's an interesting point, right? Because in some cases, you will end up with a situation where you cohere your dudes into what you think is good cover. And you put your minis down and everything is set up and you're like, okay, I've checked like four or five different angles and that looks good. And then all of a sudden your opponent is able to move a guy that you didn't really expect in a different way and get an out of cover shot. I mean, that's no, that's, I don't want to say that's a quote unquote gotcha moment, but it is one where, oh man, I didn't see it coming. Right. So it's there. I, I don't want to say it's a gray area, but I, I do think there's a, it, it can be difficult to navigate that line sometimes right yeah i mean i think when we're talking about gotcha moments we're talking about um things that are a little bit more black and white than that sure. right like i mean if 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 like you put your dudes down and you're like checking line of sight and you're like hey we both agree that these guys are in heavy cover from this unit leader and that unit leader and then those unit leaders move like clearly the conversation that was had before that 
Yeah, right. Doesn't apply. Absolutely. Um, So, but like, I think we're talking more in, in the vein of, you know, trying to rush your opponent through things or maybe not discussing, you know, what terrain is before the game, you know, and then being like, oh, that's, you know, terrain that does X, right? And your opponent was like, well, we didn't agree on that before the game, you know, like I, that was, that wasn't my understanding. And in a lot of those situations, you end up having to get a judge involved. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you, you think that's some some very good points, right? I know it less in a lot of the games, you know, I've played in, and, and my, well, uh, storied history of war gaming. Um, there is, you know, we did run into a number of situations where, you know, one particular group of players or one, you know, group of players from a specific store goes to a larger event, and uh, it it there always is a oh we always played it that way type of response to something, in which sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong, but it doesn't matter because that's sort of the mindset they're in. So even in just by exposing some of those perhaps maybe incorrect plays, it feels like a gotcha moment on the other end where, oh, well, now they get upset about it and and perhaps even validly because, oh, man, like this is the way we've always played it back at my store or back in, you know, back where I'm from type of thing where, yeah, you could, I I think you could run into a fair bit of that even even with as cut and dry, uh, as cut and dry as Legion's rule set is. I mean, I could add a couple things to that too. I mean, so from what I'm getting is, uh, what I'm getting from this conversation is that we really just need to make sure that 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 there's transparency, right? That things are just on the table, and yeah. both players should come to the board. Ideally, both players will come to the board with an attitude of transparency, like the two of you are trying to play um, a game that is the most fair, that is the most fun and it still remains a competitive game possible without trying to take advantage of gaps in your opponent's knowledge. And um, I think that's just, that attitude is is probably the first, like, pillar here, is just having the right attitude when you come to the, to the board. And I know some people, you know, they've had bad experiences, they've had chips on their shoulder, there's some baggage they're carrying with them to wargaming. And, um, I mean, just, just drop it. It's not a good look. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> I mean, we've um, all had the bad experience, right? Like, oh, yes. I, I, I played, I'm, I mean, like, I'm not going to play a lot of other war games that um, maybe have. I, I found that this community overall is, like, much higher tier um, as far as, like, this sort of thing goes generally. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, if, if we're coming from a place like the, the Magic competitive community, like, some of the things that are acceptable there are not acceptable here in that like it's okay to kind of gotcha your opponent in magic like that's like a little bit the, the rules are like much more defined you know there's phases uh-huh. that like transition and 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 things are like very much more clear cut there's a lot of gray area in legion and a lot of that comes down to like a social contract between the players and making sure that you're able to kind of keep that social contract in a good place is all an important part of like maintaining the game. Yeah, no, I, I actually agree. I, I think um, even, 
even to some of those points, I think Legion is a little bit uh, tighter of a rule set in some of those areas. Um, I think one of the, the, the worst got you moments I had is actually playing a game of Star Wars Armada. Um, it was at a, I can't remember if it was at a store champ. I think it was at a store champ. And round one, it was one of those things where it well, I, try, I can't remember the exact name of the objective, but it's the one where you pick up one of the objective tokens at the start of a ship's activation. But the text in the card is you may. So it, there was like there was clear intent. There was clear, oh, I'm going to do all this. It, there's no other reason why I shouldn't do it. But because I just simply forgot to pick up the token at the beginning of the phase, at the beginning of the ship's activation, and I was like, oh, hey, I really should have picked that up. My opponent was like, oh, I'm sorry, man, you've already missed your opportunity to do that. And I got a little, I did get a little upset about that. And I'm like, dude, you and I both know that there's no other reason why I put a ship, put my ship there, activated it first, done all of those things other than to pick up that token. But because those words didn't come out of my mouth, that's the game we're going to play. Okay, buddy. Sure. Fine. And it makes for a terrible experience the rest of the match, right? I, I mean, sure. You know, I did actually, uh, he, I did actually finish higher in, than that guy in the at the in the end results of that tournament. So, you know, whatever, I guess. Uh, but it it there's no reason for that kind of thing, and especially if we're trying to build a cooperative community, one that enjoys playing the game with each other. Uh, I think we, I think you're right. We can check yeah, that at I the mean, door. Go ahead. Oh well, I was going to say I found. Um, now, I haven't run into many bad sportsmanship players in Legion, but I've also found that um, I, in, in R1, you know, we played last night, like I tend to over-communicate when I mm -hmm. play. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to place, you know, I'm here's where I'm going to deploy uh, this unit. And then I would be like, are you cool with that? Does that look okay to you? And then, you know what I mean? And then it, it kind of engages yeah. my opponent where then they feel like they can communicate back too. So that I'm just kind of always on this outward um, conversation about the game state so that it's clear intention, but also like, you know, they feel comfortable to talk as well. And I think maybe, maybe socially speaking, um, a lot of people struggle with that, right? Struggle with conversation but i think that's going to be key to your success and to having a sportsmanship like game is that just openly communicating with your opponent from you know from the beginning yeah i i think i would agree with that wholeheartedly sir i, I mean even just being able to check your opponent's intentions it leads to a much better experience overall Right. Like, hey, uh, just to let you know, like your guys can't see from over there. Like they've got this big thing in the way leads to, oh, well, you know, I don't mind if he goes back to recohere his guide so he can see. But it saves us that whole trouble in the middle. Right. Where you put them all down. It's like, oh, can I see? Oh, no, you can't. There's this actually this this one piece of terrain that you can't see over. Uh, your head is blocked by that or whatever it might be. Are you trying to be out of line of sight of my snipers? OK, just scoot them over just a little bit. OK, great. You've done it. Right. Like rather than 15 minutes of guess and check, you can solve you can make it a quicker game just by yeah, just by talking it out. Yeah. Just by just by having fun. Yeah. And I, I think, too, like even 
just asking, like saying, okay, I want to put these this unit here. I'm, I think I have line of sight on that unit. Could you just double check it for me to make sure? I think that engages your opponent as well. For sure. Like, I think the, the statement, like when you go to move your guys and you're like, hey, my intent here is to make sure that these guys can shoot those guys out of cover. Can you let me know when I've satisfied that condition with coherent? And like, that kind of like engages your opponent in a proactive and positive manner. And instead of cohering them, you're like, okay, I'm going to shoot them. And then you guys get into an argument over line of sight and well, who can see what and all that jazz. Whereas, you know, we can, we can just have the active discussion about, you know, how the game's going to play out because when we get into the line of sight stuff, you know, it's, it's, there's, it's, there's not gray area in that the rules are very clear on what blocks line of sight and what doesn't. Um, but just making it so that you both are kind of interacting with that process is a really will will take a huge step forward in kind of producing the result that you're looking for. This also applies to checking ranges yeah. as well. My, you know, I'll say I'll move my unit leader so that he's at range three of that mini, but not at range three of your unit leaders, so I can make sure that I'm safe from being shot back potentially, something like that. Yeah. And you try to you try no, to create the situation constructively rather than, like you said, uh, Mike challenging your opponent with "I'm just going to do this," and then you end up in a fight essentially. Yeah, David. I, I, right. Like, I mean, I think that's and that even goes for things like, right, trying to maintain a proper game state. Right. Like things that are mandatory in the game. Right. Rather than maze. Right. Inspire is a may action, although, you know, a lot of the times, yeah, you can let your guy go back, you know, let your opponent go back and inspire somebody as long as too many things haven't transpired. But things like bounty. Right. That's a that's a mandatory event. Both players, according to the tournament document, are responsible for that. So rather than just hoping your good, but you know your opponent forgets, that's that's not the way the game should be played. It really does need to be a, oh hey, we are both responsible for making sure he does a bounty. So if I remember before he does, I, I it's, it's my responsibility as his opponent. Say hey man, don't forget about your bounty. Happens right now. Oh yeah, sure, no problem. It, and you save all sorts of trouble when, it, when the judge has to come over later because you forgot about it, and it's a mandatory thing, so it still has to occur no matter what. Yeah. And and things that fall into that category too, like rapid reinforcements, that's not a May ability yeah. anymore. Like you have to put a unit in reserve, and if you don't, it's on both players. You can't just be like, hope, hope your opponent forgets to put their dude in reserve so they can't drop it in your deployment zone or whatever. It like. That is a thing that has to happen. And those things are very hard to go back and fix properly once once you've moved yeah. past them. Um, Jay, you were going to say something? Well, I, I think working on assumptions is a bad idea too, right? Like we were just talking about range. Like I, I can't think of a time that I haven't – like where I'm like, oh, I want to see if I'm in range three or four of this. And I'm always measuring range. And so I know sometimes people just assume they're within a certain range and that starts a huge fight, right? Because then it turns out that they're not or that they maybe one opponent was and, the, and then the next time, you know, you're, you measure and you're like, wait, we're not in range. Like what just happened? And so like I like literally measure range. Anytime range is mentioned, I measure it. I, I never assume range ever. Yeah, that's just a good habit to have. Yeah, it speaks to like sort of defending your own position as well. Um, 
sometimes um, people will, you know, maybe you encounter this, they'll, they'll intend to be sportsmanlike. But if you are someone who is, you know, a little conflict avoidant, um, there, there might be a situation on the board that is not true. And you can probably see it's not true, but you might not feel comfortable defending your position by calling a judge. Um, so that, in that case, don't worry about sportsmanship. Like if you see something's wrong and you know something's wrong, please do call a judge. Please do say something because that's what they're there for. Well, yeah, I, I don't want to say that that's not about sportsmanship because I, in my mind it is, right? You, if you okay. feel like, yes. you, like you should have a proper reaction to it, right? You shouldn't yell at your opponent for it. You shouldn't be like, hey, like, you know, you're a jerk. I don't think this is right. I'm going to call a judge. You're going to be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to call a judge. You don't even have to tell your opponent what it's for if you, if you feel yep. uncomfortable, right? Just say, hey, I'm going to call a judge. There's something I want to ask him. Judge comes over. You ask him. Um, I mean, also, for all the prospective judges out there, unless a player is talking to you about, like, secret information, like the contents of their command hand, and they have questions about, like, how that interacts with the game state, like, pretty much everything the judge should be talking to both players directly for the most part. Um, uh, clearly it depends on the situation, but that's also the people out there that are new to judging, make sure that you keep in both players in the discussion because that's a big part of making sure that everybody is happy at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Everybody's on the same page there. Yeah. Let me, let me ask this question. So I was thinking about this because I think some people have trouble with intrapersonal skills, right? And like like you were saying, you see something on the board that you know is not right or that you believe isn't right. So you're just going immediately to judge call, which I think ramps up the the kind of the the interaction. It like takes it to that next level. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here. So what how can someone that struggles with conflict and interpersonal kind of communication, like what's an easy step for them maybe in a non like direct conflicting way to maybe question something, I guess, you know, that's kind of where my head went. I would, I mean, I would open by, you know, I, I measure my opponent's range bands all the time and I just do it out of habit. Like, you know, I'm just like, okay, he's taking a shot. I measure the range. I just do it for everything. Um, And I think that if you get into a habit like that, you can kind of have these conversations naturally, right? So you're not in a situation where he says he's out of range. You just are in a situation where you put the main range ruler down and you're like, hey, uh, it looks like that's out. Can we just like double check that? You know, and hopefully it'll flow a little bit more naturally there. I'm hesitant to say that like, this is a social game. Like, you have to interact with your opponent to some degree. I, you know, like I, there, there's an aspect to that where, you know, you if you are like that, you will do need to kind of take some steps to come out of your comfort zone. And maybe, maybe we need to build an episode around kind of how to develop that. Um, I don't know. That's something we could talk about later. But well, and what I would say is, uh, okay, so just 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 my thing. Um, For those of you that are maybe socially disinclined uh, is instead of like statements, questions sometimes work, you know, being like, oh, hey, 
how far how far is Boba from that stormtrooper unit? Or you know, you know what I mean? Like just just like yeah. kind of like an innocent if you can frame it kind of in an innocent sort of question, that I I find that that can be disarming a little bit for your opponent, not in a bad way, but in a, a non confrontational way. Where if you're just like, Oh, I'm sorry, what what was the range on that again? Yeah. I, I think I missed that. You know what I mean? It just being like cool about it. That might be an easier way for you to broach that subject versus, hey, that's not in range or, hey, I'm going to call a judge. Like just just asking a question. You know, I think that's I a mean, softer even, tone. Right. Yeah. You can also yeah. use I statements even, too. Like I don't think that's out of range or I do not think that this is true rather than accusing your opponent or addressing your opponent with like a you statement or some other kind of statement. You could be more nonviolent. And put the blame on you for violent. raising the concern. <laughs> well, you know, well, yeah, I don't think anybody's well, violent. You know I, mean. I mean, don't get me wrong. The saboteurs were pretty violent well, to Jay last night, but that's a whole other story. It's a very broad <laughs> definition of violence I'm using. Okay, David, who hurt you? Who, did you get hit by Sabs too? I hear you, buddy. It's, it's I, I did, I did, but Luke bailed me out. You can talk so, to Daniel oh about God. LVO. I was like getting hit by a broadside of a barn. Sorry. They're yeah, <laughs> hurt, man. They're good. But, yeah, I'm having down PTSD this but <laughs> I, I was, I was going to say even and even from if we're talking kind of about, you know, setting um, the right atmosphere from a judging perspective, you can even be very um, you can set that up very non-confrontationally at the start of it. Right. Like, hey, just to say as the judge or the guy running the event, um, hey, listen, if you if you call me over for something, it doesn't mean you're arguing with your opponent. You just want to double check something. And that, I think, really kind of opens it up and says, hey, listen, I don't know about that. Can we just call a judge over to check it out? That actually happened uh, at Worlds. Uh, I played a game um, and during my game with LJ. I couldn't tell on a line of sight call and he couldn't really either. And so I said, hey, man, I I can't really tell. I'm willing to call a judge over and we'll just have them make the decision for us. And I'm cool with whatever they say. And that's and that I think making sure to set up the event in that manner makes that um, that perhaps eventual judge call less uh, less headbutting and confrontational and and violent, I guess you could say, uh, than than it otherwise would be. Right. Yeah, I I think. Overall, I, what I'm not, what we're not saying here is the first yeah, step is not calling much. a judge, right? The first step is is having a conversation with your opponent and trying to work it out amicably. And and really, the hope here is that you don't have to work anything out. The hope is that everybody has been announcing things properly and everybody is aware of the game state. The issue is when the conflict arises when people think the game states are different. Right. Um, and, and if at any point it's not clear what the game state is or something is left up to ambiguity, that's where we get into these things. And yeah, you need to talk to your opponent first. If you disagree, then you should call a judge. Don't just be like, ah, judge. But, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, don't call a judge like that. Judge! <laughs> judge! Judge! <laughs> judge! <laughs> where are you? <laughs> Oh, judge, nice guy. No, his mother, <laughs> nice teeth, great, great pies. <laughs> oh, I would absolutely call judge every time on you. 
Uh, that would be yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Judge, yeah. this guy's got an awful walking accent. Can we yeah. get rid of him, please? Can we just have him stop that? I'm just glad you didn't do that last night while we were playing. I probably would have lost my mind. Give Brendan 20 bucks to flash your phone in the eyes of the super laser. <laughs> just kidding. Don't do that. Super powerful. I, I got. Don't do that. Yeah, the laser's like you can see that thing from space. I mean, is but is Brendan worth? Is he twenty dollars? Is that for a bribe? I don't know. He might go for fifteen. <laughs> yeah, twenty's a little high. <laughs> please don't. Slide I mean, he might be a little high. Yeah, right, right. Come over. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tongue. That was very tongue in cheek. Don't uh, don't do that. <laughs> That's like an yeah, auto. Please. Um, so so I do want to well, go, go. No, I was going to say. I think we've been talking to people who aren't coming to these tournaments for gotcha moments, right? Who are just coming to play. So, I mean, what about the, you know, the, I'm sure there may be a listener or two that, that are doing gotcha stuff. And I guess to them, we would say, stop doing that. Don't, don't be I mean, like this, that. This is, this is what I would say to that. Um, there are players out there that like to play that way. If that is how you like to play and that's how you get your fun, fine. Just understand that eventually a day will come when you get your comeuppance. And you're going to eventually find that you don't know a rule as well as you think you do. And a judge is going to slam you. Mm. And that, and that, I mean, like, like through a table, yeah. like through a full table. <laughs> Northeast Open was very much WWE stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I, I, I've interacted with a lot of players like that over the course of, you know, a lot of games. And, and there are players just like that. And some people like to play in, you know, like the, the bounty thing has come up a couple times over the past couple months where people are like, oh, you forgot your bounty. Too bad. And... That can't, that's not a gotcha moment. Nah. And, and if you're trying to play it that way, you're wrong. Nah. Like, you both should technically, like, I don't know what the penalty should be, but both players should be penalized evenly for that mistake. And if you're going to be trying to do stuff like that, you need to know really well, like, what is acceptable to do that on. And it's not that. <laughs> um, you know, uh, if we're if we're talking about yeah, I mean I don't want to say it's ever acceptable to do that, but you know, um, I, uh, I it's, there are some things that just kind of come across a little bit less catchy than others. But the other thing is, so I'm gonna Joe DiPinto, I'm gonna kind of throw an example out there for something that happened to High Command, and we actually me and him talked about it a couple times, and. And I think that we were very cordially worked it out. It didn't feel good in the middle of the game, though. And what happened was, and it's on tape, you can look at it, um, is that my IRG was fighting with his Palpatine, and he had Force Choke. And he attacked my IRG, and I rolled the saves. And then he was like, oh, I meant to Force Choke your Electro Staff Guard beforehand. And I was like, uh, no, that's not gonna, that's not okay. And and that can kind of be perceived as a gotcha moment. It's not, but like, and and we need to be careful when we're working through moments like that. 
because it's just this kind of it's shitty. Somebody forgot, and it's a gotcha moment. That's okay. Stuff like that is okay. Yeah, you know what? That's fair. I mean, I don't expect anybody to remind me over I don't know how many games and occurrences this is this has happened to me to cover my back objective. Right? Like, oh hey, do you really want to move your guys off of the objective that you were gonna score a point and win the game on? Like, no, I'm not I, I don't I don't expect anybody to remind me of that. Like uh, that's my responsibility. And given the variety of options I have with all of my units, right, it is my responsibility to manage them. In some cases, there's only one thing that can actually occur, right? Uh, in, in, the, in the particular scenario you just brought up, right, you could have four-stroked 15 different minis or whatever it is. Yes, that may be the most likely outcome, but... It is a May and it is, uh, you know, it's up to the player to sort of do those things, right? And so it can be kind of a, you know, it could be kind of tough to go back, at least for me personally. You know, I'll usually let, as long as it's not, as long as somebody hasn't already rolled their rally checks, I'll let somebody go back and, oh, hey, listen, I totally forgot to use Leia's Inspire on these guys. Can I do that? Yeah, no problem. Just don't do it before you roll your rally check otherwise it's you know what's going to happen out of that and that's and that's not fair for either player anymore well and i would right? say so this is something i try to practice and this goes back to sportsmanship too is if i clearly forgot to do something like i'll say it out loud like ah oh, crap i forgot to do that and i or when i don't remember it may have happened last night where you were like no go ahead i'm like no 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 it's the only way i'm gonna learn is <laughs> if i suffer Oh yeah, and I said just roll a fifty-fifty. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. no, it's fine. Like, and and we argued a little bit over who was going to be the better sportsman in that. But like, <laughs> I I tend to do that, and I would encourage other people to do that is to suffer the consequence of missing your trigger because you'll tend not to miss those triggers again if you are like, crap, I should, you know what I mean? I need to remember that next time. Because yeah. if, I, I don't know, and maybe this isn't for most people, but like if somebody lets me walk something back, I'm never going to learn that lesson uh, unless yeah. I actually suffer from it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like people learn from pain mostly you know that's just the thing i think that does go against yoda's teachings but i I think suffering can in fact bring learning there (laughs) yeah that's why most of us are sith lords Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah fair um but yeah i just like there are and i guess to the the missed opportunities part of this conversation you know um just make sure that you're like playing in a way that you want somebody to treat you while you're playing. I mean, not to go back to like kindergarten and the golden rule and stuff, but like if like somebody misses their inspire trigger and you like, like Eric was saying, and you haven't gone past the point where it's like matters, like you would want somebody to be like, yeah, man, don't worry about it. Just take the suppression off. Right. And, and just do it for your opponent. Like, it's not that big a deal. Like um, we, we, we've got it in the show notes and, uh, Jay, you can blank it out if you want, but don't be a douche. <laughs> Underline well, and this is folded. <laughs> okay, and so I'll go with a more old school. Like I think this is something that people need to remember. The only thing you have in this world is your name. That's all you have, right? And 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 what people think of you and your actions and how people respond to when your name is said. 
And I could tell you that this may seem like a large community, but it's smaller than you think. So if you're doing stuff that is clearly negative, it's going to get around fast and you're going to get a bad name for yourself in this community. And it's just going to be harder on yourself. And I know like that's kind of very preachy and parenty, but all you have is your name. Like people, that's all they're going to walk away from that game with is knowing your name and how you treated them. And that's how they're going to associate with you for the rest of their Legion career. And so, so, And make sure people know. So you're saying I, I shouldn't have given out the recipe for white R- Rodians <laughs> live on FFG Twitch TV? Like that was a bad move. A bad move. Ah, ah, damn it. Oh, man. Where's ah. the restart button? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. to pay respects yeah pretty much <laughs> i mean it's I, and i like it stinks that we have to talk to some people like that but i think it's needed like dude you're getting a bad name for yourself if you're pl- if you're playing these games and so you need to yeah. not do it and just be cool is what i'm yeah, saying be cool just be, be cool. cool everything's chill you know and all right have we have we beaten this to death i don't I mean, think so it's it's this is a conversation no. that we could have forever. There's always going to be yeah things that happen yeah. in tournaments and in the community that you know drive these conversations. This is a good conversation to just have once every six months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I think even in this sort of missed opportunity section, right, everybody kind of knows how the bottom of that missed opportunity section goes, right? It's on your opponent to allow you a missed opportunity. But the top of that covers two main things, right? If it's mandatory, both players are responsible for maintaining the game state and that you're not allowed to force a missed opportunity by trying to rush something through and even that could be like trying to put pressure on somebody to hey can we make sure to get through this last round so we can get another turn in you know time's running out things like that you're you're that's that's not allowed under the rules of the game so as long as you're following those you're in the Um, clear guys and i mean you know we can get into the time aspect of legion for for hours Oh, uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, right. We might we might as well yeah. slow play this entire podcast. <laughs> yeah, if we didn't do that. We just gave up on the time last night, you know. Um, but to that <laughs> end, like, both both players should know when the game is over, when it or when it's going to end. There's no reason to rush your opponent. You you both have been kind of playing to to the same end point. And there's also no reason to slow play though. So there is a fine line there. And and if you think you're being taken advantage of, that's a, I guess the sportsmanship conversation all over again. Can can I ask you this? Let's let's you guys are all. I mean, Eric, you were at Worlds. You guys are all very high level players. Can you explain? Because um, I think some some people that may be newer uh, or don't you know don't play high level players all the time. I think there can be some confusion between between methodical and slow play. So I don't know if you guys can give an example of what's the difference so that maybe newer players that are just getting into competitive can see the difference so that they're not accusing someone yeah, who's know, being methodical. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I know that I kind of fall into that methodical play sometimes. And 
Um, unexpectedly, you know, I don't mean to uh, take 15 minutes to calculate, you know, uh, 13 different probabilities, but sometimes, sometimes I'm on the white roadie and it takes me a little bit longer, right? So it, 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 I, I think even just a subtle reminder of, uh, hey man, just to let you know, it's been, it's been a couple minutes, uh, you know, or even, it, it, I mean, it does require again, that sort of uh, social interaction, social contract, if you will, you kind of feel comfortable in that space. Um, but yeah, if somebody, you know, if somebody's measuring a lot of things and trying to get things right and trying to position stuff right, and it looks like they're working hard on trying to just get something right in general, I would consider that methodical play. If they're just sort of sitting back with a tape measure and then they put their hand on their chin, oh, you know, I don't know about this. And then they look at their cards again, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah, you might be starting to dabble into like, hey, man, uh, we've only got, you know, two hours to play this game. Got to put a command card down, especially if you've already put one down and you're like waiting for your opponent yeah. to do so type of thing. Yeah, if you're in a if, situation where like, you know, you can see, you can have a read if your opponent's actively engaged, right? As opposed to like, you know, yeah. I had one situation where, you know, the guy was, you know, tapping his range rule on his shoulder, whistling Dixie. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's clearly not okay. You can tell yeah. Like, like whistling well, actual whistling, Dixie or just... I mean, any tune you want. I, would Dixie just came to mind because that's an Okay. Oh, no, no. It's okay. I'm, I'm just asking. I didn't know where you were. That is like the most relevant detail like possible. I think whistling... <laughs> I think whistling Dixie, like in particular, is actually quite a skill. So they might actually be distracted. Maybe they're, they're trying to prepare for the uh, whistling championships. <laughs> that's a, that's a that thing. Is, you know, hey, Google. there you go. There you go. That. <laughs> um, I think the shortest kind of way to uh, preempt kind of that slow play, this whole conversation, is if you think your opponent is slow playing, ask them what they're trying to do. And then help them get there. Yeah, yeah, excellent point. Super helpful there. Like, like, hey, uh, you know, I I see you're taking a little bit of time. Like, what are you trying to do? You know, I'd be more, you know. And once they let you know, be like, okay, well, I think if your guys are there, or the answer might be no, like that. There's just like no place on the board that that, you know you can draw those sight lines or whatever. But like, if if they're not engaging you in that conversation, you need to engage them. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it. Well, awesome. We've uh, we've definitely delved deeply into this topic, and I'm sure it'll come back around every six months, like we mentioned. And uh, I think that's going to wrap up yeah. the show for this week. R1, thanks for being such a great guest, Eric. Thank you. Hey, always a pleasure, gentlemen. Ow! Ow! <laughs> guest part, part on the show. Ayo! <laughs> Part-time guest host. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do a little sign-off here. So for Notorious Scoundrels, I'm David. I'm Mike. Oh, I guess I'm R1. Yep, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> All right, I guess I guess Jay's not going to sign off, so it's fine. Let's, let's just keep going. Jay, whoa, whoa. the man behind the glass. I, I, I never sign off. <laughs> I thought that was just part of my thing. I just whoa. go back behind my Oh, okay. All right, we can just you know. Yeah, you can you yeah. can slice and yeah. dice it. Get behind the curtain, old man. Yeah, <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stop the recording now. Okay. <laughs> Join us next week for another episode of the Notorious Scoundrels.
This has been a Fifth Trooper production.